Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I love that song. I love that song. It's one of my songs that I worship to in my devotion time with the Lord. Jesus. Jesus, your name is like honey (laughs) on my lips. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have your way. Father, have your way in our lives, the rest of this service, and the rest of today, Father. Pray, God, even for the second service, God, those that are preparing to come, my Lord, I pray for them right now in Jesus' name. That you prepare their hearts, prepare their minds, prepare their spirits, Lord, as you have ours. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're standing, go with me over to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. You're having a great summer. How many's having a good summer? Amen. In the summer is awesome. Love it. How many love summer? Oh, come on, somebody. Put those hands up in Jesus' name. We had eight months of winter. Come on, somebody. Celebrate this weather. Come on now. It won't be long. I'm thinking what kind of a summer series that I wanted to preach. And like I said, uh, July especially is a vacation month. I was so, I was so blessed to see last Sunday, even in the heat. Fourth of July week, we still had over 250 come to the picnic, packed in those two tents, and the food truck was just right on point. The little slushy truck was right on point. How many enjoyed that? Wasn't that awesome? And uh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. And we were able to bless Life Challenge. And how many enjoyed Detroit Life Challenge? Pastor Jeff with us. Amen. So good to have have them out. If you're with us today, if you're visiting today, we'd love to have you welcome here at River of Life. And we got a gift for you right after the service to go to the information table. We got some visitors from Nevada here. Bill Brown's with us. Where you at, brother? Here he is. Amen. Him and his wife, awesome couple in the Lord. Good to have them with us. People travel out of state. Some people come to Michigan for vacation, right? Amen. And uh, it's good. So let me get into this word, man. Amen. I want to preach a series this whole month of July entitled, We Are the Church. We are the church. So I want to talk about our our church here, River of Life, vision and mission and our purpose. And so that's what I love to do, uh, cast some vision. And so we're in Ezekiel chapter 47. I love to go to Acts 13 and use the Antioch church as our model. But God has brought my attention to an old scripture and uh, passage, an old school uh, passage that I haven't been at in a while here in Ezekiel 47. And uh, let's go ahead and read, starting in verse 1. It says, then he brought me back. This is Ezekiel, and he's having a vision of the temple and of the river of God. And that's what the Lord is showing him. I believe it's a perfect model of the church today. So I want you to see it in that context. So Ezekiel is a prophet, and he sees this vision, and he says, he is the angel of the Lord. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, 
for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar, verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. That's about a half a mile. And he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Everyone shout ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my knees. Say knees. And he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and it came up to my waist. Say waist. And again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many tree, trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, it goes down into the valley and enters the sea. That's the Mediterranean Sea. When it reaches the sea or the Dead Sea, uh, its waters are healed. Would you see that? Verse 9, I love it. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish. Fish always represents people, souls coming to the Lord. Because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen, that's you and I, will stand by at the En Gedi, that's where we were in Israel, to the En Glaim, and they will be places for spreading their nets, and their fish will be of the same kinds as the great that's the Mediterranean Sea there, exceedingly many. The NIV says every different kind of fish will be there. Can we say our mission statement today, this morning? We haven't said it in a while. Let's see if we can say it by heart. If you're wearing one of our new shirts, just stand like this so we can all read your back. It's on the back of our new shirts. Young man over here, Noah. Come on over here, young man. Isn't it good having these young men? Come on over here real quick, Noah. Just got back from camping. Has the sun burned to prove it. Amen. Okay. Can you read his back? Come on, let's say it. We are the church. We are called to represent Christ and influence others. I am called to make a difference. I am called to love God and serve people. We are, I am the church. <laughs> Which one is it? We are or I am. Amen. Thank you, Noah. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them we are the church and you can be seated. Amen. We are the church. Hallelujah. We are the church. <clears throat> we are the church. I love summer. I, um, I was going to title this message today, River ready. That's one of our sayings we have around here. Pastor Aaron, when he, when he was here, he coined that phrase. I'm going to kind of give a definition to what that means today. Uh, but if you like the title, River Ready, you can write it down. We have the little free decals at the information table. Grab one of them, slap it on the back of your car. Man, I'm seeing them things everywhere. It's amazing. Uh, I was down river and I saw, I don't know who it was, but I saw it. And on the back of the car, I was talking with Brother Ennis, and Ennis was telling me he was somewhere and he saw it on the back of a car. He tried to speed up to see who it was, and he never did get to see who it was. But then things are getting out. River ready, amen? But since it is summertime, summertime is also known as a time to relax, to slow down, and, and kind of go back and have a little throwback, isn't it? You notice a lot of the old cars will be out this summer, the old car shows. Um, 
if the old classical music is playing, music festivals, and if, if you watch TV, you'll see a bunch of reruns. And uh, we have, for the weekend, if you've got the dish, what is it, Direct TV, they give you the free channels. There was this thing that came up. We don't have any of those channels. We determined a long time ago just we could save money from those channels and support the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, plus, there's a lot of stuff on there that's really not cool. But I, I did see the package there, and I went to it, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. That's not cool. But then I saw the Avengers recording it. Amen? Justice League recording. I love good movies. Amen? If they're really good... And Wonder Woman's on there, amen. Love Wonder Woman, amen. And uh, anyway, that could have went many different ways. Anyway, so <laughs> recording that, it is a pretty good movie. I grew up with Justice League, Batman, Superman. Those were my guys. You know, I used to watch Superman. I'd put a towel around my neck and go climbing on the garage and flying from garage to the other. True story. You can ask my aunt and uncles. That's before the medication kicked in. And uh, so, so I, I said, you know, I, I went back and I want to title this message, Let the River Flow. Let the River Flow. In Ezekiel 47, God is showing the prophet what I believe is a perfect model of the church today. This is what the church is supposed to be if you look at it like this in Ezekiel 47. You have the temple and then you have the river of God. What is the river of life? Everyone say river of life. What is the river of life? The river of life is a literal place, and it is also a spiritual representation. It's a literal place that was in the Garden of Eden that flowed in the middle of the garden, and the tree of life was on both sides, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil was also there. And God told Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but to eat of the tree of life. It's mentioned again in Revelations. When we get there, we are going to uh, see the river of life and it's flowing out of Revelations chapter 22, and that's where we actually get our logo from, is from Revelations 22, where it says that John saw the river of life, and it was flowing from the throne room of God, and the tree of life was there, and the fruit, the people ate of the fruit, and the, he and the leaves were for the healing of the nations. This is a, it's a literal place, and I can't wait to get to heaven because I'm going to see that. I'm going to experience that, and so will you if you're a follower of Christ. If you ever get discouraged, let me encourage you, go to Revelation, go toward the back, chapters 20 and 21, 22, and that's our heaven. That's where we're going. How many know we're just passing through this world? Oh, we we got we to get that eternal mindset, and it will affect if you really believe what I'm telling you today, that we are just passing through and that our eternal home is in glory. If you really let that sink in, it will change every aspect of your life. It really will. And, and so there is a river of life there. But for today, uh, the river of life is also a spiritual representation of the life of God, of the presence of God, of the spirit of God. So when he is showing the prophet uh, the river of life, it is supposed to mean, hey, this is the life of God, the very presence of God. And, and, and what that means is we today can experience the life of God now in this life. We can experience uh, the life of God and we can go deeper and we're supposed to go deeper in the things of God today. Just as God showed the prophet, he brought him out and he brought him through four different levels. And he brought him through, the first level was ankle deep. That's where you can experience God at a very shallow uh, experience and level. It's ankle deep. 
Ankle deep people, that's when you can't really tell if they're in or they're out. You know what I'm saying? You, and even from a distance, you can't really tell if they're really in the water. That's ankle deep. It's just, it's just there. there. That's just the way it is. Knee deep is when you go a little further in God, and, and now it's up to your knees. And this, these are people that like to just cool off, and this is when we just like to come to church every now and then. And we don't have to actually change our clothes. We can just roll up our knees, and, and we don't really have to have any change. The water's not affecting anything important, especially our pocketbook support missions. What are you, crazy? I like the knee deep of water. Come on, somebody. You thought I cannonballed. I'm cannonballing right into this thing spiritually, but I'm bringing this in together. And, and a lot of people, a lot of times knee deep, I've noticed when I used to be knee deep, I used to splash and make the most noise. But then you go waist deep. God begins to bring you out like he did the prophet. He brought him out to waist deep of water. Now you're submerged, but you're still in control. You can turn back without too big of a commitment, without too big of a resistance. You can still get back a little bit harder, but you can, you can get back and you can turn around if, if things begin to kind of get, if God begins to say and deal with those things because now God's, the water's getting more into our life and, and we are now like 50-50 and, and you know, everyone can see that we're in the water. And so now some of us may be uncomfortable and it's really a place of decision. I would, I would call waist deep. So if you are in this place and you have find yourself sometimes deciding whether or not you want to follow through with God, if you, if you have that kind of a battle, if you're still in that area, then you're waist deep. But I got good news for you today. God don't want to leave us, any of us, ankle deep, knee deep, or waist deep. God said to the prophet, he didn't say nothing. He just went out and measured a little bit deeper and said, hey, I want you to get to the place where you have to get all the way into the water. Let go of the side of the pool and learn to just trust me. Learn to just yield yourself to me. Learn to just get in where you are way over your control. You can't control the, what is going to happen. You have to live by faith and trust him 100%. Come on, is there some deep in water? people today I want to be a deep in I want our church to be a church that is that is for bringing people deeper in their things of God every church is different and all month long I love this kind of time of year I have time to, to just talk about what God has in store and where he's bringing us and talk about our church churches are different styles are different pastors are different neighborhoods are different our church is known, and one thing that we emphasize is his presence, his promises on all people. I, that, that, is, that is where our church was birthed in revival. In 2002, when our family came here, my dad, senior pastor, my brothers, our families came here and began to start this ministry. We first started in July this month, 2002, in the city of Wyandotte. Actually, in the living room of my mom and dad's house is where our church started. And we begin to pray that God, is, is this what you're wanting us to do? Because you have a good ideal and then you have a God ideal. Right. A good ideal, it sounds good, it starts off fine, but then it goes wah, wah, wah. That's a good idea. A God ideal, the gates of hell can't prevail against it. So I'm into God ideas. 
But I'm, I'm, sometimes you're not sure. So you have to just say, hey, let's see if it's a good ideal and see what happens. But if it's a God ideal, God gets a hold of it and he takes us deeper and he did. And we prayed. We started meeting with our district and said, hey, we want to open a church in the Downriver area. And they said, well, we got a lot of AG churches already here. There's really not any room for another one. Downriver, though, is the whole area. So I said, dad, maybe God's given us a vision for Southeast Michigan. Maybe it's bigger than just Downriver. And we begin to pray and, and, and uh, a friend of his let us start meeting and and wind out, we go over all this at growth track. So everyone's at growth track right now. And, and um, we started meeting at Wind Out Assembly of God in July of 2002. And I remember those services, and some of you were there. Joanne was there. And there were several that were there. Uh, we had like 40 people. We were like, woo! Some came just to be there to encourage us, you know. And uh, then after that, we went. We had like 20 people, and it was, it was just there. We were doing it. July, August, just one month later, we get a call from this city, from this building. Someone was cleaning the church, and this church needed a pastor. There was only a handful of people. And they got, they, they got a hold of my dad's information in the pastor's office. He left a flyer. My dad was evangelizing. She saw it. She called him, and she said, I don't know who you are, but there's just a handful of people here, and we need a pastor. Warren, wind up praying, God, we need a building. And next thing you know, my dad said, hey, well, we need a building. She said, we need a pastor. He said, let's come on. Let's get together and see what happens. We came out here in 2002. There were other pastors that were, that were uh, scheduled to preach and itinerate, and they were, the group here were going to vote on that pastor. Uh, and we had no idea what was going to happen. But when my dad got up to preach, we got up and did worship. We hosted that service. The presence of God began to flood into this group, into this platform, off the, into this church. And all 10 of them just began to get excited about God. And next thing you know, we said, we want you to be our pastor. My dad was voted in, but here's the spiritual side. That was 2002. In 1995, there is a cassette tape. Okay, cassette tapes are those little white things. <laughs> There's a cassette tape that our sister that attends here to this day, Mary Band, during worship, gave a prophetic word and said, thus says the Lord, I am sending a river of life to this church and its waters will flood Southeast Michigan and will flow south from here and touch everyone in this area, says the Spirit of God. 1995 in this building, had no idea what God is doing. Yeah, amen, give God praise. Mom and dad, we've been here for 11 years. I was a youth pastor working. We see people get saved. God, was, we've been here since. Mom and dad retired 2013. Melinda and I uh, had the privilege and honor to take the, the, I would say the baton, but since it's a river, we took the oar, maybe. And, uh, and let's make it even deeper. Let's go even wider. Let's let this thing flow to however and wherever God wants to flow. Amen. I, my heart's desire is still when people come that they feel the very presence of God. And I, I heard that just last week they had, had, or at the picnic. Someone says, you know, Pastor, I've seen him coming for a while. I haven't had a chance to get to know him. Uh, and it's kind of cool that I don't know everybody. I love that. Amen. It's, some of you tell me your name, but, you know, my brain, you know, men only use half our brain. So that's what I'm going with right now. Uh, I only use half my brain, so I can't remember everyone's names all the time. Amen. So anyway, but anyway, I saw this guy there and I was like, hey, man, you've been coming for a while. You're in a family. He says, yeah, Pastor, I'll tell you what, we had... Uh, a list of churches that we were visiting in the area and we were coming and we were checking them all out. We visited like two, but when we came to river of life, we walked in and I felt the very presence of God. And I says, you know what to my family, we don't need to check out the other churches. We're home. 
I heard um, our brother Stan that, that comes here. He comes at 1130. He was in a serious car accident the other day uh, on Michigan Avenue. A uh, car ran a red light and hit him, flipped him over on his roof, spun him like 30 feet. And uh, he called me. Uh, this was the other day. And he's just all shook up. And he's fine. And thank God there was no scratches, not even a scratch. I mean, a little whiplash and things like that, but, but he's fine. But I love his testimony. He came here to do some parking lot work, and I came into the church office here to, to get his paperwork filed away. So while I was down there, he came into the church. It's cooler in here in the air condition. And I came upstairs, and he's standing right around here, and he's just like in awe. And he stands, no one's here. It's all quiet. And I turn around, and he goes, man, his eyes are tearing up. And I said, hey, how you doing? You know, I know this feels good. Does it feel that good? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's hot outside. He goes, I feel the presence of God in this place. And I said, wow, even on a Tuesday when nobody's here, you can feel the presence of God. Next thing you know, him and his family has been coming. And, man, God's just been blessing his family. And, and, and that, that, that's what I want. That's what I want that to continue to flow. Let the river flow. Let the presence of God, let the life of God flow into your hearts. So I begin to study this text. I want to give you four things about the river of life today. If you're taking notes, you need to write these down that pertains to our church and pertains to this river that I begin to read this and God begin to bring in my mind some things that I haven't seen before. And the first one is, is that the river began at the door. The river began at the door. We know that the door, if you don't know, is Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 10 there, I am the door. We know that. No one comes to the Father except Jesus. We know that. But I love how verse 41, 47, chapter 47, verse 1, the first one we read, notice what it said to the prophet who already knew that, who already knew how to get into the temple. It says that the angel of the Lord brought him back to the door. And that spoke to me. We need to be brought back sometimes to the basic fundamentals of, of the church of Jesus Christ. And that is that Jesus is the door. We need to be brought back to that. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get too busy in my life. And summer's a huge culprit for this, for getting this way spread too thin and getting this running way too much and running here and running there. And we start losing sight of what's important. So the first thing the angel of the Lord did is he brought him back to the door. He brought him back to what this thing's all about. We need to go back to the river. We need to go back to the source of the river in church. And, and don't get so carried away with our programs and carried away with, and I love all these good ideas. And I I love all these new ministries, but as pastor of this church, I want you to know I have one responsibility, and that is I'm the custodian of the presence of God. If the only thing I do right is get the presence of God flowing out of this church, then I've done my job in Jesus' name. Why? Why, Eddie? Why, why is the presence of God so, uh, so important to you? Did you watch the video? The presence of God is exactly what that is, a perfect example. He brought a man out of the penitentiary who really got serious for God and used a man from Hawaii and brought them two together. What's the chances of two people meeting up at the same place just to hear about Jesus? I tell you what, it was the river of God that began to flow through that whole situation and said, I got a plan and a purpose that it took a praying brother that began to pray for his brother and the river of God. That's the river of God. That's the presence of God. It's the life of God. And now that young man, that's why he's crying. Why? Because he's overwhelmed. Why? Because he's touched the river of God. But we get so busy. We need to be brought back to the river of God. I've been in this, this thing. Melinda and I got to go away in May. We, we uh, won a free stay 
at this thing. So I took two books with me. One of them is called Fresh Air by Chris Hodges. I recommend it. It's an outstanding book on how to get fresh air back into your sail. How I many you know you can, get, you can get busy working for the Lord and lose the Lord of the work? So I need to make sure that I'm flowing right. Come on, somebody. Because whatever the pulpit, the anointing that's in that pulpit is going to flow into the pews. I'm just being, I'm just telling you. If it's just a political kind of, kind of pastor, the whole church would be political. If it's whatever issue the pastor and the leadership of that church has, that anointing is going to flow into the ministry. It's just the way it is, the style, the thoughts, the beliefs. That's why when you look for churches, I love programs, but I've never looked for programs, even when my girls were little, when I was searching for a church. When I went to a church, I started from right here in the pulpit. What is the Lord saying through that pastor? What is the leadership? What's, is the anointing there? Why go? Well, they got an awesome children program. Well, we really could, but that anointing's gonna flow down into their belief system, and that's why they leave at 13. Why? Because the river wasn't there. And I got away and I was reading this book, and the second book is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. I gave a copy to all of our deacons, I'm giving a copy to our leaders. It's one of the best books I've ever read. If you're into that, if you need a good book that ministers to your soul, how many know we're body, soul, and spirit? deals with your emotional health. And the, the main uh, narrative of the whole book is slowing down to, and having loving union with Jesus. And that's what the prophet is here. That's what God said. Before I bring you into the deep part of the water and before we do all of this and, and get the exact measurements of the east gate and the west gate and this gate and that gate and all these different gates, I need you to bring you to the gate, the door, yeah. Jesus. I taught a whole series last month how to keep the enemy from getting into your door. Well, let me tell you how to teach you. Today, I'm teaching you how to keep that door open to Jesus at all times. We were in Israel. I remember we were so excited to get there. We got off the plane, a little jet lag, and it was just like confusing. But we hit the ground running. And Sister Vale would say amen. She was keeping up with us, though. And we were booking all over Jerusalem, all over the place. And we were going from this exhibit or in this place. And we were going. And our heads were spinning. And we got to ride on the Sea of Galilee and ate the fish that Peter and them caught. And, you know, not that same fish. But anyway, <laughs> there was a boat that was they had in the museum that you couldn't touch uh, unless you got caught. You know, at least no, don't get caught if you touch it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I have nothing, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, um, it was really cool, but I, I remember being in Galilee and how overwhelming the experience was, I still kind of like just was, we were running, 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 and before we left, our guide, he's one of the main guys pushing us, he said, hey, we got time for one more event tonight that's on tomorrow's schedule, so if we do it tonight, we can have more of a, take our time at the tomorrow events a little bit longer, Who, who's in, raise your hand if you're in, we were like, yeah, so he brought us to the city of Magdala. This is the hometown of Mary Magdalene. It's one of the most newest archaeological discovery on the Sea of Galilee. Galilee is the headquarters of Jesus Christ. And they just uncovered it. A minister was wanting to build a resort there for pastors to come and slow down and be with Jesus. That was his intention. While they're digging up to build the resort, they uncovered the city that was only two feet deep under dirt. It's been there all this time. And they uncovered a synagogue, the only synagogue in Magdala. So we know for certain, according to Mark 6 and Matthew 17, that Jesus taught in that very synagogue. And so we got off the bus, and it's evening now, and, and the guide handed us over to the young lady. And I thank God for this young woman because she, uh, she got our little, we all wear headsets because there's so many people visiting from all over the world in Israel. You have to have earphones to hear your guide. 
And we're still, like I said, we're in this go, go, go mode. And she brought us to, this, to the, just the walls that they uncovered of the temple. And it was only about the size of the center section of the church. And we got in and we all lined up around there. And she said, now, I want you right now to just close your eyes and listen to my voice. She says, you've been running. You've been getting on the bus, going to this event, going to that event. I know you feel like you're at Disneyland. And we did. I want to see this new exhibit. Oh, is this where that happened? She goes, I want you to slow you down and let you remember why you saved your money to come over here. I want you to remember why your friends and neighbors thought you were local for going to the Middle East. I want to slow you down on why you signed up to come on this trip, why you came all the way over here, because you're looking at the very spot where Jesus himself walked and sat down and taught. And I want to ask you, can you see him right now? And we just begin to close my eyes and I begin to just see Jesus coming into that little synagogue and sitting down there and begin to teach. And they were packed in so they stood outside. The Bible says looking in. Now I understand exactly what it was. And the spirit of God just began to come over me. What was happening? She was bringing us back to the door. She was bringing us back to the door. Even in Israel. No matter how busy we get in life, let me tell you, you've got, we've got to learn that the flow of God, the flow, the river of life flows from Jesus, from us stopping and getting alone with Jesus, sitting down at his feet. Don't assume that everyone is worshiping God all through the week uh, as we are doing it on church. We, we, some are the loudest on Sunday. Maybe that's the knee slappers. That, maybe that's the one that's knee deep. I don't know. But we need to worship just as loud at home and go after God just as passionately as we are now. Even, no matter, even on vacation, even on vacation, I start my mornings with coffee and Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, someone give God some praise for that right now. No, I mean, even I, no matter where you go, every morning that routine needs to start with you in Jesus. The river flows from the door. The church needs to be a place that brings people to the door. Number two, the river flows from the temple, and this is what goes, goes together. The angel of the Lord showed him, and he said, Ezekiel, I want you to see the river. The source of the river is the door, but the temple is always meant to be a place where the river flows out of. The water don't flow to the temple, but we, how many know that in the New Testament, we are the temple? I'm going to get to that next week. We are the temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. We are the temple. So as we have that communion with Jesus, and ha as we slow down and, and love on Jesus, that's how the river flows. It's supposed to flow out of us everywhere we go. That water is supposed to flow. That life of God is supposed supposed to flow out of the temple. Amen. The only people that did not have that happening in their lives were the religious leaders, the Pharisees during Jesus's day. Everywhere they went, all they had was law and legalism, and they were real touchy and real judgy and easily offended. And, and they, it, was all, it was all an outward act. And Jesus didn't call them a temple. He called them a tomb. So I want to ask you today, are you a temple or are you a tomb? Are you a temple? Do you have the life of God flowing out of you? Do people love to just be around you because when they get close to you, they don't, they can't explain it. There's just something different about you, especially when you start talking about your Jesus. Does anybody know somebody that is just talking about Jesus and you just want to get by them? You just want to hear their words. You just want to be in the same room. You're close to someone who has the river of God flowing out of their heart. That's what that is. The religious people 
were tombs. Jesus called them a whitewashed tomb. Why? Because the only thing coming out of them was law and seeing who were holiest and see what you didn't do right and see how far you had yet to go instead of seeing how far you've already come. You already came. At one of, Jesus, at one of the Pharisees' teachings, uh, the, the synagogue, they had a ceremony that they would take a pitcher of water down to the pool of Shalom and, and they would fill it with water and they would bring it back every day that week on that feast. And on the greatest day of the feast, they would take that golden picture, pitcher of water and they would pour it on the altar, symbolizing and celebrating how God provided water from the rock when they were in uh, the wilderness. And Jesus is sitting in John chapter 7, verse 37. He's sitting in the church and he's watching us. He's been there all week. Can you imagine? And he's watching them with the religious ceremonies and their holy robes and, and everything that they got is perfect. And just that time, and sister so-and-so is going to sing and do his thing. And just at the, everything is all organized and in order. And here comes the one lead Pharisee with the golden pitcher of water. And he goes in this wonderful uh, display of the water. He begins to pour it. And your Bible says Jesus stood up right in the middle of that moment and said, Hey, if anybody is thirsty, let him come unto me for out of his belly will flow rivers of living water <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> it's like whoa security he's back <laughs> it's exactly what it says it did what happened because he got so tired of just the hour routine and just the same old religious ceremony. Some churches, you know exactly what they're going to do next because everything is just, and I love programs. I think there needs to be some order. You don't just walk in here and who wants to share a word today and throw the mic around. We don't do that here. Amen. So I believe there has to be some order, but the river of God needs, yeah, we need to have banks for order, but they still have to have the river of God flowing within those banks. And you have to have a river with banks. You need to have banks with a river. You get what I'm saying? And that's what Jesus is saying here is he's standing up and he's interrupting and he says, hey, you got everything in perfect and in order, but you have no flow of the spirit. Yeah. And then Jesus promised in verse 38 of John 7 that he promised his followers, that's you and I, that we could have this river flowing out of us. The river of God. I don't know about you, but I want to be a church that has people, when we leave out of here, we take that river with us. And that river is the flow out of us. And sometimes you don't feel like it. I get that. You know what the Bible says? We can stir it up. You can stir that up. How? By going back to the door. Going back to the door. They go together and you sit there and you just worship and you just begin to praise him. Your name is like honey. On my lips, whatever song you use, whatever you do. Maybe it's quiet time, no music. Change it up, I don't care. But get alone with God, and as you're at the door, and as you're worshiping the Lord, what happens? He begins to fill you up. See, when you become away from the door, and churches can get away from the door, and Christians can get away from the door, this is how they fall into sin. This is how, they don't fall into sin, by the way, like sin's a big hole and they just didn't see it and they fell in. No, they intentionally begin to get out of the deep end because just like you can gradually get into the deep end, you can gradually get back out and drift away from sitting at the door and, and, and sitting away from, and you can become busy and have good intentions and, oh, look at how all, I'm doing all these great things from God. I'm, I'm on four different teams volunteering, four different rotations. I mean, that's good, but are you spending time with Jesus? 
because sooner or later you're going to be overworked and you're not going to, you're going to get back into the flesh and, it's, and then it's going to be miserable. Sure. So that the temple is supposed to have the river of life flowing out of us. Number three, as he began to bring him out, I want you to notice that God only spoke to him in the deep end. I love this. As he's bringing him out and they're going from ankle deep of water to knee deep of water, from knee deep of water to waist deep, the angel of the Lord didn't say anything. He just kept wanting to bring him out. And that's how the Holy Spirit does. He pulls you out. He just begins to pull you out. He didn't say one word to Ezekiel. He just kept showing him. As soon as he took one step and he was ankle deep, the angel of the Lord went out and measured about a half a mile. And he measured and he said, hey, it's knee deep now. And he didn't say a word. If you notice that, there's no, no conversation taking place until he got into the deep end where he was totally just let himself go to God. Then it says in verse 6 and in verse 8, then he said to him. Why? Because God don't speak in the shallow end. I can't hear from God because you're in the shallow end. Won't God just show me what he wants to do? Come out a little bit deeper. Come out just a little bit deeper to where you've got to let yourself go and you've got to totally be in it for the whole route and you've you got to totally sell out and say, yes, I'm going to serve God. Then the word of the Lord will come to you. When I said, yes, I'm going to take this church on that same weekend, January 2013, and I was going to start preaching on that Easter, and I did. And you had the installation service. But when I, that same weekend, my boss at work offered me a position in management. It's the same weekend. Been there for 15 years. 15 years. And never had an opportunity to move up into management. I'm in mean, a union there because I would no longer be part of the union. I'm in management. He showed me the, the computer that I would get, the office, the desk, the, a gas car, company car, and they all didn't have little Fiats. They all had nice big vans and trucks. And a company car, yeah, my one boss said, I don't even know how much gas is, and gas was like four-something a gallon. He goes, I don't even care because I got a company car. He goes, hey, man, anyway. <laughs> Same weekend. And it was, a, it was a Saturday, and he goes, you know, I, I just wanted to show you all of this, and, and long story short, go, and I'm just looking at him like, are you serious? Tomorrow, my brother Leach from our district is going to be at our church, and he's going to host a service, and they're going to vote and vote me in as pastor. And you're going to offer this position to me this same weekend? What are the chances of that? You know what the angel of the Lord was doing? The angel of the Lord was going into deeper water. And he didn't say nothing. Now, the Holy Spirit won't say anything. There is a pulling. Please get this. The crowd will push you into stuff. The enemy pushes you. You got to do this. It's time to do this. But the Holy Spirit gently pulls you. Why? Because he's always in front of us. Peter said, is that you, Lord? If that's you, have me come out of the boat. And he's in front of him. And he said, come. It's a gentle pull. And I got along with God, and God began to pull. I already knew what I was going to do anyway when he's sitting there talking to me. He said, go home, talk it over with your wife. Let me know Monday. I came in and I said, honey, we're going to, if they vote, if they vote 100%, then I'll take it. They voted 49, 46 said yes, one said no. One of you missed God, I think. No, I don't know. <laughs> and and uh, we were just having that conversation. I remember Brother Leach came down and he told me to vote. I said, one no? He goes, I knew you would say that. We, we think it was a brother that was here and he, he messed up the vote. But he looked at me, he said, Eddie, he said, he said that's a good vote. He said, this church, I can't tell you what to do. He said, but I believe this is your church. 
And we're standing down there in that same office. And I said, okay, God, we're going to take it. Came up here, and you guys elected me, and here I am today, five years later. Amen. 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 Here's the thing why I said that. Here's the thing why I said that. I prayed. Now I'm in the deep end. And God gave me this dream. And I shared it with you before. I'll share it again. This, this is the month that we talk about the church. And so I want to share with you. In 2013, God showed me a level. We have this on, on record. I think it's a CD. Uh, when I shared it, and I went into detail. I won't go into detail now for the sake of time. But the Lord showed me these four levels. And an angel was on there. It was this dream. It was a beautiful bridge. And it was all different colors. And all of my life, I've, we, our, our hearts have been, God, we want to pastor a church that is very diverse, that reflects its community, because heaven is like that, God. We want to, we want to have, so I know what the, the colors, the beautiful colors were in that, and, and I had to crawl up on these, uh, these bridges, and anyway, the Lord showed me that those represented four years, and on, when I got to the top of the fourth bridge, that angel took me up into the clouds up above the church, and I looked and I saw over the church property, and then I woke up, and the Lord showed me that there's going to be four years of me being stretched, four years of me growing and learning, because you've got to grow into this thing. I'm still growing into this. I worked two years uh, driving a truck, making deliveries as your pastor. I worked 11 years as youth pastor like that. I remember my first check from the church was 2004. You guys, the church paid me $50 a week. My tithe was more than $50 a week. Uh, but what I was doing, God was stretching me and preparing me into that area. And then I, for two years, I was your pastor, and then God showed me that. And so the fourth year, the Lord showed me that in that dream, the church was going to explode. We've started growing. We've been growing. But 2017, that, that season just hit. Boom. That's when we launched the two services. That's when we're running what we are. And here's the thing. We haven't stopped growing. And in that dream, God said, hey, I'm going to bring you up. And the season and the time is now. And I knew it was God because last year I started out in the hospital needing surgery. <laughs> How many know the enemy will fight you right before your greatest victory? But God only spoke to him in the deep end. And lastly, let me close with this. In verse 9, it says, wherever the river flows, everything will live. The river brings life to all people. The river of God. And I, I, I just... Man, this was so good in my devotional time. I don't know if I can bring this back out. I done put it in the freezer. Now I got to bring it back out and thaw it out. See if it's fresh and hot for you now. It may not. Pastor Steve, won't you help me? I want to close with this song. I want to put this song in your heart. There's many songs, many songs about the river of God. We sung one today. I've been listening to one by We Are Messengers. It's really good. Called The River. I belong here. I belong. Okay, I can't sing like him. It's a good song. We Are Messengers. Go look it up. Download it. I don't know what you listen to, man, but I listen to songs that's got the river on it. It'll just brighten your whole day, man. It really will. I mean, you click over. I want to rock right now. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, that's the one. You get over, you get over into some anointed music and, and some awesome music that'll go past. Okay, get Rob Bass out of your mind, okay? Go past that. And, and if you really want the river to flow in your heart, I'm telling you something here. Get into songs like this. And there, there's, a, there's this, I went back to old school. Summer's about old school. So I went back and there's a song by Daryl Evans, but no one can sing it like Cooley. And it's called Let the River Flow. And I want you to listen to these songs and then we're going to sing it. Daryl Evans wrote this. Let the poor man say, 
I am rich in him. And this is when the river hits your life. You may be poor. I'm poor. But when you're in the river, let the poor man say, I am rich in him. Let the lost man say, I am found in him. Let the river flow. That's your part, okay? I love this part. Let the blind man say, I can see again. Put yourself in there. You remember before the river hit your life? Were you depressed? Let the depressed person say, I'm not depressed no more. Let the addict say, I am free again. Let them that are anxious say, I'm not anxious no more. Let him who is filled with fear say, I'm fooled with faith again. Let the river, come on, get in there. Flow. This is me right here. This was me. 2002, I sung this. Let the dead man say, I am born again. Let the dead man say, I was dead. How were you before you got the river? I was dead. Done everything and everything out there. But when the river came, 25 years old, it changed my life. And I began to say, I was blind. But now I can see. Come on, can we stand together right now? I want to, if you don't know it, Pastor Steve's going to teach it to us. Let us sing it together right now if we can. And let that river just touch your life right now. Come on, come back to the door this morning. Come on. that river to touch you this morning. Let that river in today. Come on. Oh, let the river flow this morning, Jesus. time. This is what I want you to do. Why don't you come out of your seats? Come on up. If you want to get out of your seats, why don't you come on up? Can we just gather around these altars right now? Come on in this July summer Sunday. Come on up and just worship right here. Let that river just touch your heart right now. Come on. Jesus. Yes, Lord. 
touch your people this morning, Lord. Let your river touch your people this morning. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Come on, sing. to him right now in this place. Father, you want to, you've called all of us to the deep end. Father, you've called all of us at all four levels. You've called all four of us to start at the door. And if there's anybody here that needs you, Lord, needs to make you the Lord of their life, Father, I pray they do that even right now. That decision in their mind, that decision in their heart, they would call upon you ask you to cleanse them of all their sin and commit their life to you, Father. Father, anyone here, God, that all the rest of us, Lord, that have made you our Lord, bringing us back to the door, God, you want that river to flow out of us. Whatever's stopping it, whatever's plugging it up, whatever has... has Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org River of Life Assembly of God A church of His presence, His promises, and all people.